Hi, welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens. And in this episode, we're going to spend some time talking about the regulatory challenges of artificial intelligence. In our last episode, we talked about uh, GPT-4 and other similar chatbots in kind of a general medical setting. So we were thinking about the risks, the limits of GPT-4 as perhaps a dispenser of medical information. Um, So kind of an updated WebMD, if you will, or maybe a screening tool to make sure that a patient gets to the right provider when they come into a new practice or they come in with a new question. And as we were, as I was doing the research for this episode, I found myself thinking like, this is really cool. How do we regulate things like this? How does FDA view things like this? What are, what is the ethical and the legal framework in which these things have to operate? And so when I was working in clinical research previously, we were doing a a bit of specific artificial intelligence work. So um, the the example that I was thinking about was pathology slides, right? So you can feed these images of pathology slides into an algorithm. You can train it to say, you know, this is cancer, this is not cancer. And then what you do or what we, we did at the time is you have it validated by a human being. And then you have the human being give that feedback back into your algorithm. You absorb that, that gets iterated, and then you do it all again. And you continue to give feedback um, as a human being to the algorithm until eventually it is as reliable or, you know, or ideally more reliable than a human being. So that's, that, that's interesting, but it's very specific, right? That's a very specific use case. We're training a, an algorithm to tell on this image what is and is not cancer. And so the last time I was working in this space was several years ago. So I went and I looked for some updated FDA guidance and FDA works on a federal government schedule. So what I found was that its guidance is evolving more slowly than the technology. And it is also more specific than some of the use cases we've seen for some of this artificial intelligence technology to date. So the the FDA guidance that I thought was really solid actually is that if you are developing new um, artificial intelligence or new chatbots in this space, in the first case, FDA believes that these should be regulated as software as a medical device. I think there's some nuance there, I but I, I think that their general principles are pretty sound. They think that we should be documenting what iterates and how, and they call for transparency in the data that is fed into these algorithms. So that all seems pretty reasonable. Um, the issue is that GPT-4 hit the world or the open internet on March 30th, and the FDA guidance on this came out April 3rd. So FDA is working on a federal government schedule, and technology is innovating at the speed of technology. You know, There's kind of a mismatch here. And so I, I do think that there's a bit of a call on the medical innovation community here to spend some time thinking about their own ethical principles and not, you know, wait for FDA guidance to tell us what we can and cannot do. And it really raises the question, how do you evaluate a medical chatbot? You know, it's it's not limited to just one thing, right? So we cannot set up a clinical trial with A groups and B groups. We can't blind ourselves if this if the purpose of this thing is to give medical information or to push people down a particular path. Or in the case that we talked about at the end of the last episode, if it is to help train another generation of medical students, or if it is to act as a safety net to our providers when they are in the clinical setting. So it's a a little ethically tricky. The other question that really arose for me is, you know, our health data is not only in need of cleaning. If you're feeding an algorithm data out of an electronic health record, for example. We, there's a lot of known 
um, inconsistencies with data like that. One of the areas that we particularly struggle with is demographics, right? People self-report um, race or um, they decline to report race or issues like this. Um, they vastly underreport their smoking, their drinking, you know, all the things that you tend to <clears throat> misrepresent to your doctor. And so if we're feeding our chatbots and our, our any sort of really algorithm, this biased information, and then bearing in mind too, that our, our health data reflects the biases of the health system itself, right? So it's, it's going, we're going to feed it a lot of information from people who can afford to seek healthcare. We're going to feed it a lot of information from people who have insurance. Um, and we're going to feed it information where we have different outcomes based on, you know, your, your socioeconomic status and your race. And so I'm really curious to know, how would we know if the chatbot or if the algorithm in question is more or less biased than human beings? You know, that it's interesting. I feel like we all know it when we see it, right? So the example that comes to mind is, you know, the Apple Watch, right? When the Apple Watch first came out, everybody was all up in arms because it's so great. It's a great health tracker. It's got your heart rate. It's got, you know, this and that, and it'll show you things. And it didn't have a menstruation tracker until several iterations down the line. And menstruation is kind of a key health data point for about half the population. Um, and the reason why it wasn't there was just because the development team hadn't thought to include it. It's pretty crucial, actually. Um, so we know it when we see it, right? We know the output of a biased system. What I'm not sure about is how do we put guardrails on it to ensure that the bias doesn't get baked in in the first place, 